0: We're going to begin this evening in John chapter 14, recognizing the first three verses of that chapter. Here Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. that where I am, there you may be also. And so as we think about this passage, certainly comforting words to consider. We know, of course, that These words apply to you and I today as disciples of the Lord, uh, just as they did to those that they were originally spoken to all those years ago. It's a comfort to stop and think about the fact that we have an eternal home waiting for us, and that Jesus died and was buried and rose again so that we would have a place there with God title of our lesson tonight is Homesick. I'm sure that at some point or another, you've probably been homesick in your life. Maybe back when you were younger and you first left mom and dad's house and went out on your own. It can be kind of scary to be self-reliant for the first time. Maybe we think about a time where While we were younger, we went away to camp, or we went away for a visit to some place without our parents for whatever reason. And If you've ever been homesick, it's not a good feeling, is it? It's pretty miserable. Well, I got to thinking about the idea of being homesick from the perspective of heaven as our home. And I got to thinking about how we typically behave when we're homesick here on the earth, longing for a place that we once lived, longing to be with people that we once uh, were with from day to day, and got to thinking, do we act the same way in regards to longing for heaven as our home? Now, I know none of us have been to heaven yet. We all hope to be there, certainly. But I think in a lot of ways we should be homesick, if you will. We should be longing for the day that we get to leave all the miseries of this life behind and go and be with God for all eternity. And so I thought about, again, some things that we typically do from an earthly perspective when we're homesick. One of the things that we do is we cherish gifts from home, don't we? Maybe when you go away, you um, are given something by your mother or father, maybe a grandparent, some kind of a keepsake or something of that nature. And when you're away from home, you, you really hold on tight to that item, don't you? And you you really cherish it because it reminds you of those that you love or reminds you of that familiar environment that you're longing to once again have around you. maybe as you're away, somebody from home sends you something, maybe a care package of sorts. They send you some of your favorite things, maybe a card or a letter or something, and let them or they let you know rather that they're thinking of you, that they miss you, those kinds of ideas. And so when we get things like that and we're, we're homesick, we really cling tightly to them and really cherish them. And again, we've not been to heaven yet. And so we don't have anything from there per se that we can cling to as, as though God gave us some kind of little keepsake that we can have to remind us of him in the sense that we would have here on the earth. But God sends us care packages, if you will. You want to think about it that way. He, he gives us things that are a taste of home, if you will, while we're here, while we're going through this life. And that comes in all different forms. And I thought we'd look at some scriptures that kind of highlight some of those things. We might think about our spouse, if we're blessed to have a, a husband or a wife. We know that that is a gift from God. In Proverbs 18 and verse 22, it says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. We might think about our children. Children are a gift from God. In Psalm 127 and verse 3, it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, he says, is a reward Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. We might think about just our physical provisions. We have food, we have clothing, we have shelter. These kinds of things from day to day that allow us to stay alive and stay healthy. Psalm 37, verse 25, the psalmist there says, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. So we know that God gives us good things, especially as we are putting him first and striving to do his will. We might think about the word of God itself is really one of the most precious gifts that that we are honored to be able to possess. In Psalm 1 and verse 2, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, he says, is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. So the law of the Lord is a delight to us, or should be. Of course, the Word of God is unique in that, unlike some of these other things that we've noted already, we can actually read about what we have waiting for us, can't we? And see the descriptions that are given and and allow our hope to be strengthened in those things. We have one another as members of the body of Christ. That's a blessing. And in fact, in Many circumstances, our brothers and sisters in Christ are more like family than even some of our flesh and blood relatives. I'm sure you've all experienced that. Romans 12 and verse 5 says, So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. And so that connection is a gift that we need to remember to thank God for. James wrote in James 1 and verse 17 that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And so, just as we would treasure some kind of keepsake or some kind of item that we would have from home when we are away from home and feeling homesick, God has given us a plethora of blessings that we should likewise cherish and use to remind ourselves of the good things that await us if we are faithful to the end. When we're homesick, we think about home, don't we? I guess maybe that goes without even saying. But when you're homesick, that's probably the thing that you're thinking about more than anything else is, oh, how I wish I were home, how I wish I was with this person or that person. We were doing this or that, things that we cherish from our our childhoods or, or growing up, but we think a lot about home and the good things that we miss about it. Well, it should be the same as we think about our heavenly home. We should be thinking about heaven quite a bit, because when we keep it in the forefront of our minds from day to day, it keeps us motivated to keep pushing on, right, and keep striving to get where we all hope to be. In Psalm 84, verses 1 and 2, the psalmist says, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. Notice, my soul longs, yes, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. In verse 10, he says, A day in your courts is better than a thousand days. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. So we see here the psalmist expressing his constant meditation about being with God, where God is, being in his presence, and, and longing for that, striving for that. In the book of Revelation, chapter 21, again, one of the blessings of the Word of God is that we can read about heaven, not that we can fully comprehend how wonderful it will be, but we can at least try to with the descriptions that have been preserved for us and breathed out by God. Revelation chapter 21, the first four verses there, John is seeing this vision of things that are to come, and he says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and he shall Or they, rather, shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Verse 4 says that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. That's a wonderful thing to think about. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul is instructing us here about what we should think on. And it's not to say that negative thoughts aren't going to creep their way in, especially when we're dealing with negative things from time to time in our lives. But we should make an effort, and that's the point of what Paul was saying here. We should make an effort to keep our focus on things that are described here in this verse. He says, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, he says, meditate on these things. And if we're having a hard time thinking about things that would fit these descriptions from an earthly standpoint, where well, we can certainly go to the things that God has revealed in his word. They, they fit all those descriptions, don't they? And so there is always a way that we can fulfill these instructions. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, Paul says, Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will Transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. According to the working, he says, by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. So we had touched on that a little bit this morning in our lesson as we had looked at 1 Corinthians 15 there at the end of the chapter where it's talking about the mortal putting on immortality and the corruptible putting on incorruption. This physical body is going to be transformed to be like that spiritual glorious body of Christ. And that in and of itself is something that is worth our meditation. When we're homesick, we call home frequently, don't we? I remember a time it's the first time that I had gone away to summer camp. I don't really remember how old I was, but I guess I was probably somewhere around Logan or Elijah's age. But I went to Camp Noah, where my Uncle Doug was, and still is, the kind of the, the head of that whole camp. And um, so I was there with people that I knew, my My aunt was there also and and other people that I was familiar with, but I was still just, I was not having a good time. That first night was really, really rough. And I told my Uncle Doug, I said, I just want to go home. And, of course, he called my dad. and My dad said, I'm not coming to get you. (laughs) He said, said, I want you to, to stay one night at least. And then he said, if tomorrow you're feeling the same way, he said, then I'll, I'll come get you. He wanted me to, to push through. And I'm glad that he made me do that because, you know, that first day I didn't really know a lot of my peers at that point. I knew, of course, those that were running things. But that next day I got introduced to a bunch of boys uh, that were my own age and, and quickly made friends. And before long I was having Time of my life, you know, and so I, I didn't want to go home at that point. But when you're away, you you call home frequently, and you talk to mom or dad or grandma and grandpa or whoever it is, and you tell them that you miss them and that you wish you were back home, that you can't wait to see them, these kinds of things. And you know, there's a way that we can call home. As we think about heaven, we can we can call and talk to our father anytime. That we that we'd like, and that's a really amazing thing to stop and consider through Jesus as our mediator, we can approach the Father's throne at any hour of any day, and we should if we are longing to be with him. Philippians chapter four and verse six tells us to be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, to let our we our requests be made known to God. He says, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6, we read there that we are to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt us in due time. And notice he says, we're to cast all of our care upon him, for he cares for you. God cares about the things that we're facing. He cares about the difficulties we have. And of course, Jesus, he can sympathize with all those things. He can relate to all those things, having been here and gone through all that he did. What an amazing blessing to be able to commune with the Almighty. Jesus, of course, instructed His disciples there in the garden in Matthew 26 and verse 41 to watch and to pray. Lest you enter into temptation, he says. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So prayer is not only a source of comfort to us, it's a source of strength. As we face temptation, we face things that are seeking to pull us away from our faith. The solution again we find is to go to God in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 17 simply says, Pray without ceasing. It should be a constant part of our lives. Finally, when we're homesick, we make every effort to get home. When the opportunity arises for us to catch that flight back home or you know, stop in for the weekend and visit or whatever it might be. Even if it seems like the, the shortest duration of time, we we jump at that chance, don't we? We we make that effort. And we plan and we prepare so that we can make those visits and get back where we're longing to be. And it should be the same as as we think about heaven. We should be making every effort to get home. To make sure that When our time comes, and we are ready to hear those words, enter in, thou faithful servant, into the rest that has been prepared. Let's come back to the book of Mark for a moment. Mark chapter 9, and here Jesus is talking about the idea that there should be nothing on this earth that we're willing to hold on to more tightly than than our faith in God and in that which will allow us to be with Him forever. Mark chapter 9, we're going to read beginning in verse 43. Jesus says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame, rather than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. You know, it's a wonderful thing to think about heaven and to think about the fact that we can all go there. That that's God's will, that we would go there and be with Him. It's a terrible thing to think about the alternative, isn't it? And we see just a glimpse of that here in these words. Just the opposite of heaven. A place where it is described as outer darkness because God is not there. God is light; without His presence, there can be only darkness. It's a place described as a place of fire, place of torment, a place where the worm does not die. Certainly, a place that none of us want to be. But if we're truly longing to be home with God, then are we willing to do? what he says here? Are we willing to sacrifice the things that might be holding us back from being what God would have us to be? Let's go over here to Hebrews chapter 11 and notice a few verses here. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13. He's been talking about different ones who through their faith accomplished great things and accomplished primarily God's will. He says in verse 13 that these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. They were assured of them, and they embraced them, and confessed that they were but strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind the country from which they come out, They would have had opportunity to return. But now he says they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Jumping down to chapter 12, there in the first verse, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, he says, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. And so, we read about those. What a wonderful example as we consider all these heroes of faith who, as he says there, recognize that this this life is not what it's all about. It's, It's not going to last forever. It's temporary. And so, we have to use this life for the glory of God so that we can be with Him in the end. We need to lay aside every weight, every snare that might beset our advancement towards that goal. And of course he gives us the key to being able to do that in verses 2 and 3 there of chapter 12. We need to keep our focus on the goal. Keep looking unto Jesus, remembering his example. And like we talked about this morning, trying to emulate that example in everything that we do. So are we making every effort to get home? If you want to open up your song books to the song that we've chosen as a means of invitation tonight, number 628. Are you coming to Jesus tonight? You know, there's a... There's a thing that we all must do in order to have the hope of going to heaven someday, and that is rendering obedience to the Son of God. Back here a a few pages from where we were just a moment ago in Hebrews 12. In verse 9 of Hebrews chapter 5. Speaking of Christ, it says, Having been perfected, He has become the author of eternal salvation to all who obey Him. And so salvation can indeed be ours, but it is to those who are willing to obey Him, to heed His commandments. Jesus said that he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not will be condemned. And so if you want heaven to be your home, that needs to be the first step. And if you've done that and you've wandered astray from the path, you've in thinking about your own self tonight. Maybe you aren't as homesick as you thought you were. And and maybe that bothers you and you need to make some corrections. We'd love to pray with you and pray for you. Maybe you're just struggling with something this evening and need prayers of encouragement. Whatever it would be, we would love to assist you in those things. We're going to conclude by reading 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And here we have described what will happen in the end when Jesus returns from the perspective of those who are living faithfully and and looking for his return with, with anxiousness. Verse 16 says, The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, he says, comfort one another with these words. And so again, tonight, if there's anyone here who is in need of making a correction so that when that final day does arrive, or the end of our life uh, comes to fruition, whichever comes first, that we are found ready and prepared to welcome that event and look forward to eternity with God. If you have a need tonight, please let me know while we stand and while we sing.